Listener questions answered, bull sale updates, lots to cover. Crew, let's ranch it up. Good day, everyone, and thanks for riding with us as we ranch it up. I am your host. I'm your producer, Jeff Tigger Earhart. Tigger. A big thank you goes out to our partners, our lineup, the American Cemental Association, the IGS Feeder Profit Calculator, Downtown Threads of Oklahoma, Medora Boot and Western Wear, Ranch House Coffee, RFD TV, The Cowboy Channel, and Wrangler. A busy show again for y'all as we head right into today's cattle battle. Let's get it on! Cattle battle. The cattle battle brought to you by Ranch House Coffee. Order in bulk. I'm talking five pound bags at ranchhousecoffee.com. Thank you, Dave. And the American Semental Association. Semental and Sem Genetics crew. There's bow sales going on everywhere. And I know you're busy or fixing to be busy going through those sale books. It's time for an update. It's time for a change. Uh huh. It's time for Semental. Thanks, crew. To the hotline we go. That number is 707 Ranch 20, 707 RANCH 20. Longtime listener Isaac from North Dakota has this question that he leaves us about drought, selling off part of the herd because of the drought in that particular area of the country. You know, a lot of places struggling right now. The comparison to 2014 and what the outlook is for 2021 for cow herd size. Take a listen now. Tiger Isaac calling from northwest North Dakota, near the Canadian line. Say I got a topic I wanted to address. Uh, in the north here, we got a little drought going on. The water holes are all dry. There's lots of cattle going to town, old cows, cow, sale after sale of old cows. There's got to be a bread cow market coming up. If you think about in 2014, 13-14, we had the highest bread cow and pair of values. And my thought on it is that those cattle are old. The banks are requiring payment on the note, and those cows are eight years old anyway. Anyway, I'm curious. Uh, as far as old cows, I know a lot of people don't watch old cows, but I want to know how this compares to other years. Number of old cows selling, canners, uh, way up cows. Anyway, um, I think there's got to be a bread cattle market coming up. Anyway, I just kind of wanted to get your opinion on this and maybe talk to Corbett Wall, or, but I'd like to hear your thoughts. Thank you and have a nice day. Isaac, great question, and yes, I brought in Corbett Wall to visit with us. Corbett with DV Auction and Feeder Flash, of course. Corbett, thanks, and uh, I'm just going to pass the mic your direction. Well, to try to answer the question for Isaac uh, about the uh, pretty pricey um, bread cows and replacement cow market that we had back in 2014, and and now you would be thinking that those cows uh, would have considerable age on them and whether those cows are coming. And, you know, we did have uh, those big prices back in 14. I, I remember it very well. And uh, I don't know that we're really looking at it in, you know, in comparison there. I don't know that we had that many more bred uh, cows or pairs change hands per se uh, because of the big markets. In fact, I think the the markets were so good that uh, guys thought, uh, you know, this is a chance for me to uh, to make some money and mm -hmm. pay some bills, and uh, which it and, was, uh, which it was, which yeah, it was, it was, and uh, you know, you get you get two types of thinking when you have a really good market like that. 
you get one type of thinking where the guy says, you know, I, I, I need to make some money. So I'm going to go ahead and sell, you know, a, a lot of my heifers and because they're bringing such a good price, I'm going to sell them. And then, and then you get another guy's thinking it is saying that my steers are bringing so much I can afford to keep more heifers back. You know, I think in 2013, you saw people selling stuff. And like he said, in 2014, you probably had uh, people that were in decent shape thinking, man, let's make more of these things, you know. And so they kept quite a few back. And and I don't know that they were really active that much, you know, and, and people that had bred cows, you know, they were scrambling, trying to find a place to put them to hold on to them. I mean, we saw big prices on them, but I don't think we saw more sell than on a typical year figure you know what i'm saying well i think that it's tough to take the cow market that we saw and i got in trouble in that one too i mean and I, corbett i think i told you about that story and you laughed at me when you went oh how are those 1800 dollars open heifers treating you now buddy but <laughs> <laughs> right but i don't uh-huh. think that we can compare like you said the way that cows and heifers were breeding stock is what I'm talking. I don't think that we can compare 2014 to anything else because it was an, an anomaly. And mm-hmm. you and I know you you will agree with this because I remember you and I were talking about this, I believe, in Billings here a few years ago. Of Those prices were so dangerously high because they, they weren't real. It, it really wasn't a reflection of what was going on. It was just too darn dangerous. And my personal opinion, I don't think we're ever going to see those again. But I don't think that we can really compare things to 2014, in my opinion, Isaac, I'm going to say that in my opinion, because it was such an anomaly. And as you said, Corbett, it caused us to do many different things. Some people sold and tried to make money. Some people tried to restock. I tried to turn dollars. It was just, it was very, very tough because within a matter of a few months, boom, there it went. And then we were, and I can't say we were off to the races. We were, we were really standing at the end of the race, all kind of holding our flags going, now what? That, that whole deal was kind of a farce. And, right. uh, yes. you know, yes. and I think it was great. Now, I mean, you mentioned that, but in 2011 and 2012, we had the lightest number and it was all due to timely droughts in major production areas that we'd seen. And, and they just kind of, flopped on top of each other and, and it was kind of a timely deal and it was a perfect storm. Perfect storm. Yeah, we say. got we you know perfect storm with no rainstorm. Yeah. Uh, so we got to the point where we had the fewest number of, of mother cows in the United States than what we'd seen since the early 50s. And guys were selling 500 pound calves for three dollars and something a pound. I mean it was unbelievable. But it wasn't real. Uh, you know, it wasn't true supply and demand. And then everybody wants to know why, you know, the market crashed in 2015. The market crashed in 2015 because it had so far down to go to get back to, to real supply and demand after we had artificially inflated mm-hmm. that thing. Because what so, goes up must come down. What goes down must to. come up. That's yeah. just the nature. So where are we at with so many of us really let's let's call a spade a spade in a, in a way it kind of seems like gal dang it are we going into another perfect storm with the lack of the rainfall because so many of us desperately i mean desperately need some moisture so and i think that's a lot what isaac is thinking we are so darn dry and i think he's looking at could there be some opportunity maybe to move some of these 
older cows maybe if that'd be the situation that we could potentially be in will there be that market there but then ultimately where are we with our cow herd inventory i'm sorry i'm kind of throwing that that question at you from left field corbett but, but really where are we with our cow our cow herd inventory where there may be the potential to get to premium on those way up cows if the drought continues per se. We've just turned the corner on that. So as far as our inventory reports, uh, you know, the last one that we saw a year ago was the first sign that that we were were just about to to start turning smaller on our on our herd size there. And then the mid year that we got last summer confirmed that. And I think we're pretty well cleaned up right now. Uh, we've got uh, guys have. Have, uh, and, and dry spots have really caused them to call hard. And I think we're, we're setting pretty good right now. We, uh, our herd would be uh, on the young side as far as running ages go. I think we're on the, the young side and, and we're going to have, uh, we'll probably have two or three years here where we aren't inflated on supplies and we've got opportunities to make some money. Thank you, Corbett. If you have questions for any of our Ranch It Up crew, fire an email this direction, ranchitupshow at gmail.com. All one word, ranchitupshow at gmail.com. Or call 24-7 and leave us a message, 707-RANCH-20. Up next, getting the cattle ready for the 2021 bull sale season, changing with the times. Stick around, y'all. Watch RFD-TV anytime, anywhere on all your connected devices with RFD-TV now. Simply go to watchrfdtv.com and sign up for just $9.99 a month or save more and pay just $89.99 for the year. You can begin streaming RFD-TV live right away and have access to your favorite shows 24-7 on demand. Go to watchrfdtv.com, sign up, and start streaming today. To be known, you have to be seen. To be seen, you have to be noticed. Downtown Threads has us covered. They provide that upscale, stylish, noticeable custom embroidery design for premium clothing, apparel, and caps. They do it all for us. Downtown Threads Oklahoma has the graphic design team and knowledge to take your look to the next level and be seen. Call today, 580-237-7060, and follow on Facebook at Downtown Threads Oklahoma. Hashtag Tigger approved. Everyone asks me, Tigger, where do you get your boots? What do you look for in boots? Well, for me, it's customer service and American-made boots and tack. Medora Boot and Western Wear takes care of everything I need. You can shop online at MedoraBoot.com or follow along Facebook and Instagram. Give Medora Boot and Western Wear a call and tell them Tigger sent you. Medora Boot and Western Wear, making boots great again. Hashtag Tigger approved. The challenges of adapting in this new world. Yes, did you hear what I said? New world, because in my opinion, we're never going back to what it was. I'm calling a spade a spade. In my opinion, it is a new world that we're in. But people, they got to eat. Cows have to eat. Cows have to be bred. Bulls have to be raised. It's that scenario of working with what we have available for us to use to provide to the best of our abilities. We head to Morristown, South Dakota, and I'm checking in with Casey Maher of Maher Angus Ranch. Now established in 1917, Casey is the third generation representing over 100 years of raising black Angus cattle. 
Their 44th annual production sale is coming up February 5th at 1 p.m. Mountain Time, by the way, at the ranch in Morristown, South Dakota. But to keep rolling with the punches, if you will, we come back to that scenario that I just mentioned of working with what we have available to use to provide to the best of our abilities. 2020, it's behind us. Congratulations, you made it, Casey. So <laughs> yes, sir. What, what are we doing different in 2021? And the reason that I ask that is because the, the cattle business is a little tricky because the bulls that you have selected for your sale that you have pictured or videoed or both or clipped and getting ready for your bull sale coming up here in a month or so, the decisions that you made to get those genetics where you are today, that happened a few years ago. So that's why the cattle business gets a little tough. You know, the decisions we make today, we aren't going to know if it worked until a couple of years down the road. So when we look back at 2020 and we put that to bed of everything that happened and we realize, all right, going forward in 2021, we have to be willing to maybe move in one direction or the other. Using that type of scenario and that type of strategy, how have you applied that? to what you and your family are going to do for going forward on the eve of your bull sale, if you will. First thing that comes to mind is um, in our particular operation, we're kind of out in the sticks and our internet isn't very good. There's no cell phone service to speak of. So I, I've always been get people to the sale, get people to the sale. People got to be at the sale and, and ran around phone calls, emails, got to uh, touch base with as many people as I can got them to the sale, actually run the bulls through the ring yet, and maybe, if you will, maybe a little old school, but with the whole dynamics of 2021, and uh, we all know about that, and I don't even really want to talk about that anymore, <laughs> right. but yeah. it, it forced us all internet. So this is our first time we will be on DV auctions, and uh, it basically um, the whole 2020 deal forced us into the technical world. We will still run the bulls through the ring, and but it will be broadcast live on DV auctions. Heaven forbid, and I hope our internet will carry it. And that was one thing, first thing that comes to mind that really changed our little dynamics of the world in the, in the Angus bull business where we're at. Um, second thing, you know, like you mentioned, um, how the uh, it takes a long time you know honestly you don't know if you really really got a good ai sire till five years down the road and mm -hmm. you see that mature cow and she's making a living on your ranch that's when you know you use the right bill or sometimes everybody makes a mistake and gets the wrong bull that don't fit their uh, particular operation and we're not like the chicken and the pigs and we can roll genetics three four times a year and just bing 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 and, and really rely heavily on genomic testing the cattle business in the angus world we're just kind of scratching the surface real good on the genomic testing and that's mm -hmm. become a tool um, our particular operation we do it um, we actually stress phenotype and actual numbers and overall uh, structural stuff more than we probably do the genomic testing but some are two things that come to mind on uh, the future and what's changed us in 2020 and and the past five years and where we're going in the future Casey I know you and Gina your family and, and your outfit and I know that it is not a, a cross of old school versus new school. I'm not going to say that because I know that your family is as progressive as you can get, given what you can do with what you have, meaning let's go back to the Internet where here you are going, okay, we are really hoping we've really done everything we can, worked with every probably phone company in the world to try to 
make it as convenient for uh, people, excuse me, to come in and make their decisions. Also, spinning off of what you're saying about genotype versus phenotype, definitely not going to say old school versus new school there whatsoever because the two work very much hand in hand. And again, it's here is your outfit in the in the area of northern South Dakota that that you live that the majority of your bills go to is to your uh, commercial customers, commercial breeders, I should say, right around that area. And they need bulls a certain type. You need cattle a certain type, given the cards that we've been played, the land that we're running on. So really, if I'm understanding this right, you are simply raising cattle to the best of what you can do. And I know you do it some of the best, given what you have to work with. That's it in a nutshell, and that's the business. Um, And one of the beauties of the Angus breed, if you got a huge silage pile, and your forage is just overly abundant to you, you can buy a big performance bull. I mean, that'll blow anything out of the water. Yet if forage is challenging, you can moderate them cattle mm-hmm. and buy a smaller frame bull that's easy doing and it'll make a living with limited forage resource. That's one of the beauties <laughs> of the Angus breed. And one thing we really try to do, we try to dance that line right down the middle of the two. We really stress big, big weaning weights. We want cattle that go from birth to weaning as fast as they can and get them as heavy as possible to that. And then maybe that growth curve could taper off after that a little bit because most of our customers get paid in the fall, that October, November type deal. I like how you say we really want people to come to our outfit. We want you to watch these bulls walk. We need you to see the structure on these bulls. We need you to visually appraise these bulls. Or if you can't, there's a lot of wonderful representatives there that will help as well in those bull buying, purchasing decisions. But it's very strategic. I love the numbers, and you know that I am a genomics guy, but it still comes down to strategy given what we have. Your outfit and mine is only, you know, 150 miles from each other, if even that. But it's very different strategically, like you said, based on the forages that, w- that we have. So, you know, I, I don't want to say, again, old school versus new school whatsoever. I'm going to say it comes back to customer service, customer service, understanding it's one bull, one customer, one bull, one customer. For sure, and the customer base is, is and the commercial man, the commercial cow-calf guy is, is, is the to- total foundation of any purebred outfit. That's what um is your customer base and that's that is your foundation and that's what we really try to maintain as best we can we provide a semen check delivery um, wintering the bulls and uh full year warranty on the first breeding season and sometimes that even things go wrong we understand that and we really strive to take care of our customers and maintain the customer base as much as possible thank you casey february 5th 1 p.m mountain time at the ranch three miles northeast of Morristown, South Dakota, selling 120 bulls, 20 coming two-year-old bulls, and 120 high-quality, right-out-of-the-herd, home-raised replacement females. Head to the website, Maher, M-A-H-E-R, MaherAngus.com, and give them a shout today. Tell them Tigger sent you. Stick around. We're going to wrap it up with Ranch It Up when we come back. You asked for it, you got it. Watch the Cowboy Channel anytime, anywhere with the Cowboy Channel Plus. Live stream the Cowboy Channel or watch your favorite PRCA rodeos on demand. Classic PRCA rodeos added weekly. 
get the Cowboy Channel Plus for only $9.99 a month or save 25% by signing up for a full year. Visit CowboyChannelPlus.com to sign up and start streaming today. I have about a half a dozen questions, quick like, as we talk cattle, selling cattle, selling feeder cattle. Are you finally done with the drama? Do you really want to know what drives profit in those calves? What could drive profit in those calves? Is it time for services that are for the real world that work today as well as tomorrow? If your bull purchases don't come with genetic predictions from International Genetic Solutions, you need to ask why not. Here's another question you need to ask. Why isn't your seed stock supplier using the most advanced approach to genetic evaluation in the business? We have all been through enough, but we need a little bit more. On my outfit, it's real simple. We use genetic partners that value our dollars as much as we do. IGS, International Genetic Solutions. Ask for it. Why? Because it works. I love this time of year. It's busy, exciting, nerve-wracking all in one. And now that we're getting ready to run those calves across the scale, ask yourself, is it really working? Did it really work? It's not about pounds. It's about profit. Sim and Sim Genetics, the science breed, the science of genetic improvement, is at the core of the breed's existence, period. Profit through science. That's Simmental. It works. Cattle Market News and DTN's Shaylee Stewart watching my back, as she always <laughs> does. Hey, Shaylee, we don't have a whole heck of a lot really to talk about there's your summary everybody have a good day the show's over <laughs> there they're really i kind of figured this uh with everything that was shaking out politically as i know a lot of you listening were assuming the same thing that uh everything once things started shaking out everything just kind of goes on a standstill that is one thing when it comes to the commodity markets when emotion really 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 starts to enter the uh the political realm and that translates into our markets boy everything just kind of slows down and says hey wait a minute brother let's just see what's happening here ding 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 ding. Yeah. i'm glad you brought that up because instead of kind of beating a dead horse about where prices were what happened last week unfortunately we have to have another sit down whether whatever you want to call it a fatherly talk a mentor talk whatever but we have to sit down and unfortunately have one of those conversations because and even though we are cattlemen, we are analysts, we are traders, whatever you fancy yourself with. with we are biggest, unlucky many times in the cattle market <laughs> is what we are. I don't know about you. That's <laughs> exactly. We are unlucky cattlemen or traders or analysts, whatever you say. What we have to remember is that even though we take so much passion in our cattle and in our cattle market, we have to understand that outside factors play in the cattle market. And so last week, the cattle market got hit by the two P's that it wish it could absolutely avoid at all costs, politics and psychology. And it absolutely weighed the market lower. And so 
you know what, that's that's pretty much the, what the market was when we saw the havoc kind of break out in D.C. and the stress of the Senate runoff race in Georgia. The market just kind of, you know, gasped a little bit and tried to absorb everything along with high corn prices and not knowing how feeder cattle were going to trade because they haven't traded in two to three weeks. But that's so short term, though. I, I, sorry, I'm jumping absolutely. in. I, I'm jumping. Uh, sorry about that. But I'm just saying that is very short term. And, and if I can add in there or add into this whole conversation, and it is about how when we're marketing, it should be long term. I know we, we keep preaching that and preaching that. But if I can put a a good spin on it, I'm saying that is just that's a short term. So if we were trading, maybe, you know, that we were calling our broker, we were maybe trading some futures contracts that maybe threw our strategies off a little bit. But long term, I'm going to be optimistic and, and, and confident and say, Shaley, that's just a drop in the bucket, though, right? Oh, I'm so glad you went ahead and interrupted me there because you are exactly right. She because doesn't always though- say when I interrupt her, though, is nice. <laughs> Uh, because even though, you know, what we had the headlines that they were what they were last week with the political chaos, you know what, did you know that uh, last week we had a total movement of cuts, grinds, and trims of 825 loads. So even though the food service industry takes about 55% of the box beef market, we still had upwards of 825 loads of beef. So what does that tell you, my friend? People are still choosing beef. They're yeah. wanting to restock their coolers and consumers are still purchasing. And then let's dive a little deeper into the things that didn't hit our headlines because guess what? There was too much chaos floating. Did you know that carcass weights were down both eight pounds for steers and heifers last week so steers are averaging 913 pounds and heifers are averaging 839 pounds so yes you are exactly right it's easy to read the headlines it's easy to get absorbed in the here and now and the absolute chaos of our of our news media because guess what we see it everywhere we see it on facebook we see it on whatever social media site you're on as well as your email as well as the tv news as well as the radio but what you don't see are the core fundamentals of the marketplace with the sheer demand behind box beef trends with the with the beautiful essence that carcass weights are lowering with the the phenomenal report that our 2020 exports were three percent higher than that of 2019 so yes while we understand that last week and like you said that's very short term while last week was kind of a kick in the pants because we always love to go into the new year with a big bang guess what my friends it was a week and you survived you're here listening to the next market report so it's okay the the fundamentals are still strong and exciting and we knew that there was going to be some oddity for the first quarter of 2021 but you know what our excitement lies beyond that so i like tigger said i am continuing to be optimistic for 2021 and what it has to come in the days and weeks and months ahead and i think really we can wrap it up and say what has been there, what is there today, and what I am op- optimistic, excuse me, will be there tomorrow is consumer confidence. And that, my friends, takes a whole big monkey off my shoulders and says, now I can start to focus on the fine-tuned things to be able to hopefully make that profit on my outfit. Shaylee, as always, hey, I appreciate it. <laughs> well, you're welcome, my friend. Thanks for having the same spirit. We'll chat later. Let's wrap this one, shall we, crew? A big ranch it up thanks to Corbett Wall, Casey Maher, Isaac on the hotline, and Shaley Stewart with Cattle Market News. Our partners, the American Semental Association, the IGS Feeder Profit Calculator, Downtown Threads Oklahoma, Medora Boot and Western Wear, Ranch House Coffee, RFD TV, the Cowboy Channel, and Wrangler. 
And crew, so glad y'all came with me one more time as we ranch it up. Be sure to follow and like us on Facebook at Ranch It Up Show. Our email, ranchitupshow at gmail.com, or call me 24-7 at 707-RANCH-20. It's always Tigger approved, and remember, stay ranchy and ranch it up.